Hey everyone, this is uh, Swayam and Nat back with another episode of That's a Bug, a show where we talk about one software bug every episode. This week we have a guest. Uh, we have Mike Herchuk from PQA. Mike, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, welcome. Uh, welcome. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm Mike Herchuk. I'm the VP of Service Delivery for PQA Testing, uh, somewhere that Nat knows well since he spent some time with us. Uh, I run our operations out here in the West. I've been a tester somewhere near 24 years. I'm doing all sorts of different things. So uh, happy to talk about testing with you. Awesome. Welcome. Hey, Nat, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good, Suhaim. Hey, Mike. Hey, Nat. Good times. All right. Uh, so today we're going to talk about a, a bug that was introduced to me in a tweet. Uh, there was a, a person named Rachel True who tweeted out, anyone else getting this error from Apple iCloud in the past or now? And she actually says she's been dealing with this bug for six months. And if you look at the error message, uh, it's a screenshot that she posted. The error says, uh, reported error title, type error, cannot set value true to property last name, reported error type, unhandled exception. And her name is Rachel True. So it's because her last name is true, things are failing. Uh, so that was what she tweeted. So uh, obviously the issue is that her last name being true has a, there's a problem. So what do you guys think of that? There's, there's so many things that are wrong with this. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's obvious that someone has taken a step to make some level of protection against cross-site scripting or SQL injection or, or what have you, right? But they didn't think through it very clearly. <laughs> they didn't really understand the need. And then, so that's, that's one. And then the issue compounds by putting out clear error text to a user right like that's a that's another big no-no right yeah i I mean what's bizarre is like this is a recent error like this kind of stuff shouldn't be happening anymore like you know the 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 dumb input validation attempts like aren't we past this like geez we've been at this for for a while but you see it quite quite commonly like but this one's fairly high profile right to hit a a system like the iCloud I'm not sure which service she was using but uh it, it's yeah. it's storage on iCloud she was trying to get to her storage on iCloud yeah. cuz cuz yeah. uh, an interesting thing that happened so so there's i don't know 50 100 tweets in this thread i i tried to go down them today and eventually i just stopped cuz there were too many but a good percentage of these tweets are people telling her just change your name no problem. Just change your name. So, so that in itself is because because Apple was not responding very quickly, and she wasn't able to get through. Although there are a couple of Apple people in the thread who said, "I will take this on and make it right." I, I never saw a resolution. I don't know if you guys did, but that was good. I like that. But but Apple support was not being very helpful. Um, <laughs> so there's repeatedly people saying, "Well, just change your name, change your name, change your name," and then as that story goes on, we find out that sure. Only if you change your name with an Apple ID, you lose connection to your storage, right? So, so the very thing that she needs is access back to her files goes oh, away man. as soon as she changes her name. Yeah. The other part to all this is like this was working for her, right? So it's a regression 
so yeah. something something changed along the way and yeah caused this problem so maybe a, a question i'll put it to you guys even though you're the host same uh is this the tester's fault if if i was well hopefully they should have automation or some type of scripts for these type of things um but not always no I, because you can't test like in theory this is an edge case but in reality it's not so I, I would say that if whenever that feature was developed, um, the like I know from work where, when there are new fields that come out, we test through all these things, and you can go online and find um, various repos of like test names to test for and all these kinds of things. Like I, I remember reading things like what developers think is uh, are not names or something of that sort, and there's all kinds of weird ones, uh, especially like I know somebody personally whose last name is just two characters. And even here in New Brunswick, I remember she had an issue in with, not, with the form not accepting anything less than three characters. Oh, come on, ding. So, it's a classic two-character name, right? Yeah. NG. Exactly. So, so some people, I mean, the workaround is to put a character, like put a period or something at the end, which is not, was not reasonable, to be honest. In the thread, there's an article, and I didn't actually get to this article, but it's on BBC, and it's these unlucky, unlucky people have names that break computers, right? So, yeah, so there are lists, right? Yeah, yeah. Tester's fault. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I, I think you're going to see this in a lot of play like government, IT departments, where they're you know, you know they're 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 not very thorough in the building of their software and vetting, but You'd expect a company like Apple to to have a bit more rigor around in their testing program and even development. Like a code review should have caught this as well. So th there should be multiple layers um, of of people to to catch this type of thing. Now I don't know. You think in a global environment, any software that's going global is dealing with all kinds of input characters and like th this one really shouldn't be causing issues, I don't think. Um, there's, it's no different, like you're just grabbing a string of text and you should be putting it in. And there, you know, it could contain any character and any combination of, of character really. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, and yeah, definitely. Because there, there are the names that don't have last names or single character names through last names. So I don't know how all of those are treated. And I'm very curious about the Apple iCloud things so of what else is not allowed. Like, presumably, false is not allowed to. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, Go try it. <laughs> some some of the suggestions are, well, just use your name with a capital T. Um, and she can't <laughs> test it, right? She can't test it because as soon as she tries, she loses her ID and right. She and which means she loses her Apple ID, which means that she can't have it anymore. Although, I mean, it seems more likely to me that she had her name be capital T true. And then and then the little t, uh, and then it converted it to little t, right? But I mean, there's obviously not using best practices for this type of check. They're not converting it to a string that's allowing the database to convert it to a Boolean because it's matching or, or whatever, right? It's, it's not done very well. I wonder how common that name is. I mean, I saw the null one. Uh, 
No, and there's a guy in Japan, I guess there where it's uncommon to have names longer than four characters or something like that. I don't know if you guys if you guys read any of the name yeah. names that break code or whatever. Um, I think his issue was that uh, his name was a little too long, but it wasn't even a long name. It was, you know, I think his last name was eight characters long, which is not um, unreasonably long. Um, that would like break the, my last name of, of the summit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't take. I think in a lot of countries, the you know, eight characters is not that uncommon. And the Hawaiian lady with the thirty-six character name. I think. I think there's a limit. I, I think she. What was her thing? A driver's license wouldn't display beyond so many characters, so she had them kind of make some changes. I mean, thirty-six character oh. last name. I think that's excessive. Uh, but I've got a I've got a personal story around that. So my wife, I'm not going to give you her full, her full name because you know we're public, but her middle name is Jay Leith, which ends with an E, so it's not a very common name. And she uh, emigrated to Canada, and and within that emigration process, one of the forms, and I don't remember which one only had a certain number of characters for a middle name and it truncates, right? So it took Jay Leith, dropped the E. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> because of that process, because of the ID that she used to get things, her driver's license didn't have an E on it. And because that was her ID to use other things. And so her name is no longer Jay Leith with an E as far as, as Canada is concerned. It's Jay Leith without an E. And that got her annoyed enough that uh, we spent, I don't know, like three or four hours talking to people at the drivers at the DMV or whatever we call that, um, getting that fixed so that could trickle down to all the other IDs, right? But but if you think about it, think of all those little computer forms we used to fill out in the 80s that had little square boxes. Oh, yeah. Only so many square boxes to put your yeah. information into, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's... <clears throat> and, and as far as I know, there's no standard for this type of stuff like even even in in um let's say a western world like you can look i mean it's best practices but i don't think anywhere there's a standard that says okay thou shall validate as such and then you have kind of clear distinct rules that that every company kind of takes their own approach to it and some do it well and some do it poorly and and some do it inconsistent across, I mean, the larger your company, probably every development group has their own, you know, implementation of it. Well, so, so that's true. But I would like to state that that the CWE top 25 and the OWASP top 10 and the, the, the documentation around those are pretty clear about how you're supposed to implement safety around cross-site scripting and, and SQL injection. And... And the way this was implemented, yeah, it wouldn't not really yeah. the way that there's right. You're supposed to anything that's going to go into entry that you take out of that field before anything else happens, you convert it to a string, so it's never to be able to use as a uh, yeah as a yeah. command, right? Yeah, and 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 like you said before, this is not some no name company. This is Apple. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, it is, and it's surprising to me that it took a tweet to get that resolved, uh, and. Yeah, obviously she oh. she tried. She spent six hours or something on the phone. Um, I, I'm not surprised in the slightest. The, yeah. the, um, the new way of dealing with things is going to social media. Because think about it this way: you get first line support. First line support is not trained as a programmer. It's not trained. It's a person who goes through scripts. 
right? Have they ever gotten a phone call that access was dropped because the name True? Like they're they're going through their scripts, going, "What am I going to find? What do, what do I? How do I answer this?" Right? And so they find the closest thing that they can. And and if you're doing customer support right, there's an escalation process, right? But this this could be so obscure or so different that doesn't match the script in such a big way. There's just not a good way to, and and we have to fix that, right? I mean, that's just that's bad, bad customer service that you can't escalate. Yeah, and, and I, I used to work at call centers years and years ago, and it was a long time ago, anyways. Um, but as the escalation process, I, I assumed would be there, um, especially for a paying product. Like I assume she paid for this product, right? She did actually, because she mentions that even though she can't get into it, she still has to pay for it. Right. She has to pay for. Until it gets fixed, she has to pay for it so she doesn't lose the files that she has stored. That's a good business model. (laughs) (laughs) Can't use it, but you got to pay for it. Yeah, whole files ransom. You have to to wait until they get a certain amount of data up there. You're like, okay, you're going to want to hold on to this, right? Think about the amount of stuff that we all have in Google Drives because we use Gmail and stuff like that. And they just came back to a paid model. It says, yeah, you're going to pay for everything over 50 megabytes. So we're going to go, whoa, what? Yeah, I love no choice. <laughs> It'll be really hard to move off that. Um, Nad, you mentioned the 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 guy, the person that named uh, the, that had the last name Null. Uh, so that I, I want to get a little bit more into that one. So that person, there's a Wired article about him. Uh, the part that I found funny was his way to deal with the problem is whenever it hits hits Null, it uh, some forms don't accept it, so he adds a period at the end, but. Another thing he mentioned is sometimes uh, when he gets mail, the null gets uh, removed. So he gets mail with just Mr. and on listed there. Jeffone Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's for his business. It's it's the business for his limited partnership or whatever it is, like an LLP, limited liability partnership uh, business. That's the mail's coming and it just says Mr. because his his name has been removed. And some other things he just gets one name. Right, because his name is Christopher Null, and so sometimes he just gets mailed to Christopher. Yeah, the yeah, the whole thing is pretty crazy because the other part he said was he he used the name his email address null at nullmedia.com or something of that nature, and that is not accepted somewhere. So he then ends up creating another email, but as an aliasing it to this one. So so much hassle. He, he did a couple of so it's Bank of America who holds his credit card, right? And and he spent he has spent literally days on the phone with these guys trying to work through this, and and so his first attempt was he just changed it so it was uh, null at nullmedia.com because he's a he's a tech journalist is what this guy does, and uh, that didn't work so he changed it to info at nullmedia and that worked for a while, and then Bank of America made a change much as Apple made a change. And that stopped working. So he spent more time on the phone and they're just like, yeah, I don't know how to help you. Go away. And this is this is the, the article that he had written, raised this idea of tech support and how they can or can't help, right? And so he went back to a Gmail email and, and uh, he doesn't say what it is, and and but he kind of says, I, I assume it's like Christopher.null because he says, even though null is in his name in this email, he is allowed to use it. Right. <laughs> whereas, whereas he couldn't use it when it was null at null media. So it's not even consistent. I mean, you, you can't figure out what the rules are and follow them. You have to 
find your path through the rules, often by uh, by um, hunt and pecking, right? It's just like, yeah, this, no, that didn't work. Oh, this, no, that didn't work. Yeah, that's I I read that too, and I, I wondered about that one. Like, what are the rules? Like this, like you can't really tell at all. Like it's like I don't know if he figured it out. I would keep trying different things. <laughs> yeah, what kind of tech journalist is he if he uh, if he doesn't try it until he knows what the rules are? Yeah. <laughs> On the other uh, hand, eh, don't play with your credit card. That's true. <laughs> don't want to get locked out of that. Not being able to pay it. <laughs> That'll be a bad time. I mean, he seems to have a pretty good uh, attitude about it. And he's gone and he's spoken at tech conferences. And right. In, and uh, he, well, the one thing he said is, is people have accused him of choosing the last name Null to have more instant credit with geeks. But uh, I think he's proven that he didn't do that. But having this story, man, that's got to give him good uh, geek cred, right? Um, going back to your question, Mike, like you asked if that was a tester's fault. What, what do you think? Uh, you know, I have trouble blaming the testers because uh, when I think about, okay, so you're going to test um, the protections people have put in for cross-site uh, scripting and stuff. What what are you going to test? True is not the first or even the tenth thing that comes up for me, right? It's it's uh, null and drop and uh, I... I uh, was reminded in this thread, but I've been reminded a different way about the uh, XKCD comic, where uh, the they they changed their child's name to Drop Tables, yeah, and yeah. he destroyed the database. <laughs> and the very last statement from the mom is that I hope you've learned to sanitize your database input, and, and, and that's just awesome. So there's there's a lot of things that that I would put in, and True is not at the top of the list, and maybe um, maybe uh, I don't know if you. Uh, have a website that tracks with your podcast, but maybe you should put up a nice list to him that that's the approved list, but it's going to be ever growing. Right. Um, and I just don't know, but, but the, the thing is, is that appropriate process and the crowd didn't see my air quotes around this kind of stuff is when you make a change in an area, the developers should be talking to tests that we're making a change in this area. And then testing should, should stop, and look at some test ideas and figure out ways to test it. And, but even then, right? So let's, let's say they do this like, okay, so we should test a whole bunch of names that are, are scary and flawed or whatever. Well, so they'd go out and do research like we did. And, and maybe that article of, of scary names in the BBC article includes true. But if it doesn't, are you really going to blame your testers for not catching that? Because the blame, like, it's not a tester's job to catch every possible permutation of bugs, especially when, hey, the job of this code is to take a text input and make sure that it is only ever text and not doesn't cause any problems. Like that's that's pretty, it's, it's not like you can go to the testers, okay, now your job is to make sure this will never cause a problem. That's like saying your job is to make sure there is never a bug in production. It's impossible. It's just simply not possible. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, like it's one one way of uh, to, like let, now that this has happened, the for them to prevent this, uh, in the, well, they have to fix it properly, yeah. right? So put some automation in. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So but, yeah, that's what I I would do. But I, I also agree with you. I don't think it's a tester's fault. There's, uh, there's another way to look at this. Another tester trap in this is this was working, right? This was working at some point. So someone wrote a feature. Someone released a feature. Let's assume and pretend when they did that, 
that every single possible permutation was tested and everything was flawless, right? True worked. Everything was flawless. Someone makes a feature change for whatever reason. It may not relate to this in any way, right? It might be some tangential change that, that uh, someone wrote a global um, check uh, system that they just, and someone fixed that or whatever, right? Um, when you make a change, you do a risk analysis to figure out what regression tests that you're going to run. You do a subset of tests that you ran the first time. And if, if you can't raise a risk that this particular problem is going to be a problem, you're not going to retest for it because, again, you can't test everything. Every time doesn't work. And if you haven't read automate, haven't written automation that will test all of these things, again, it doesn't work. And, and that's why um, static code analysis, code uh, checks, and, and unit testing is really important that they help bolster the results you get from, from testers. So I have trouble putting this back. I, it's possible. There's absolutely a possibility that someone said to a tester, make sure you test all the scary words and, and be thorough. And, and they said, nah, whatever. I, I tested the word null and, and everything is good. Like, so that's a possibility. But I think in general with the information we have, I, don't, I can't put this on the tester. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um. And that, that you have any other thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I guess thinking on that last comment, I, it's hard to say what the dialogue was. And I think that's where, I mean, the, 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 the communication between the, the dev making the change and the, the, the test team um, is an important bit of conversation, right? It's like, okay, here's what I'm changing. Here's the impact it's going to have. Um, here are the things that you should be considering in your testing. Um, and then the tester can choose to do it or not do it. But again, yeah, it's hard to say who to who to blame. But I, you know, my my starting point is any senior developer should be reviewing this and should have caught likely that this was a a, a bit of a poor practice or poor implementation. Um, yeah, the, so there's probably a few different layers that, that could have caught it. Um, it wasn't. Again, an upgrade or a patch, they don't get the same attention as like a full release where you'd be testing all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it's funny that this is still a problem um, today, like true, no, all of the, like, this is not a, a, a this shouldn't be a, Tripping software up, I don't think. Yeah. Um, well, so now you make you make that statement. You say that in this day and age. So here's a counter statement that I pulled out of the article by Christopher Null. Well, actually, it's about it's about the other guy, and we should we should tell that story because I think your listeners will like it. The guy who chose Null as his license plate, but Christopher Null, so the guy we've been talking about who has Null as his last name, uh, he made a statement in that article, and he says. The problem has gotten worse over the years. The minimum viable product concept has pushed a lot of bad code through that doesn't go through with proper levels of testing. Adding that anyone affected is inevitably an edge case, a relatively small problem not worth devoting a lot of resources to fix. Hmm. Right? And so think about agile DevOps and this day and age Tell me if we're not actually compounding the problem rather than achieving the ability to not have the problem. And, and to go even further, I'll let, you, I'll let you comment back in a second. To go even further, I, I mean, I came out of one organization where the goal was that your automation has to run in 30 minutes or, or three, 30 minutes or less. 
because that maintains the context of your developers long enough that they can fix it if you find a problem and fix it right away. But when they want to push to production multiple times a day, you have to have automation that is succinct, risk-based, and can run within a certain amount of time period, which means it can't be exhaustive. Now, the types of tests we're talking about are going to be API level or unit test level, and therefore should run really fast. So there should be able to be a lot, but these, these things conflict with the ideas that you're putting for this. Like, you know, in this day and age, we shouldn't have this problem, only maybe we're making this problem more real with the way that we're moving towards with DevOps and Agile. Well, Agile's old already. It's, it's not a new concept. Yeah, I guess that's an interesting way to look at it. I think the, yeah, and I'm not so concerned about, yeah, I, I think, the, the the MVP comment though I guess you're right I think if you think about the the expansive nature of software int- being part of everything and being built by you know a much broader set of engineers um, that are trying to get code out a lot quicker and aren't as worried about the robustness or the you know, a lot of it you know if, I don't know how many startups survive right it's what you know, one out of 10, one out of 20. And so, you know, if, if you're rushing to get your product out the door, you're not really worrying about all these edge cases, I guess. So yeah, maybe it has gotten worse. I, I guess I I just kind of assume that some of the, a lot of this stuff, there's canned validation libraries. Like, you know, w- you know, when I was writing code, first thing you do is go see if someone else already wrote that routine and then you grab it in. And I kind of make the assumption that a lot of this stuff is already written by someone. So if you're writing a brand new widget every time or a brand new uh, module to do that, that's probably something wrong, but maybe that, you know, maybe people still are writing this stuff from, from scratch and aren't reusing proven stuff. I, you know, it's been a while since I've written code, but it sounds like they are based on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. you know, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of that. I work at Apple. I'm infallible. I can do this in three minutes. Let's. I'm searching will take five minutes. Let's go on <laughs> with my day. And well, guess what? This is this is proven. So, but maybe this is the thing that we put back on testers. Is did did you when when we talk about things that are standard? Ask the questions, right? Did did you go out and get a standardized? accepted way to do this validation or did you just figure it out on your own and that that can be a question that we ask and that can adjust our risk calculations on how much testing we do yeah how how bespoke is this code (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's that's a fair question to ask and then knowing some like i'm I'm a believer of like looking at some of the code like not all everything has to be black box type of testing so yeah no i think that's a fair thing to do um, the, you mentioned the the license plate thing, Mike. You want to talk about that? Sure. So, uh, so all of the articles we're talking about today are in this thread from the tweet from Rachel True. So, if you search on Rachel True on on Twitter, you can find this thread, and, and these links are there. Um, so, there's a gentleman named Joseph Tartaro in uh, in California. He is a security researcher by trade. So that's what it says. I'm going to go ahead and assume that that means computer security. And he wanted to go out and get a vanity license plate. So he looked at things like Segfault and a bunch of other things. And then he started typing null pointer and then caught himself with the first word null. And it's like, let's see if that's there, right? 
And he even he even was going to step in. And I, I think this is funny. He was going to see if he could get void for his wife's license plate. So when the cars were in the parking or in his in, in his uh, driveway, it would be null and void, right? So he thought that would be really clever. But null was there. He went out and got it. So that's fine. Like says null on your license plate. That's cute. Um, and and everything is good until he um, he got. One citation came to him and it was for $35 and he didn't really think he had parked where that was, but he's like, ah, and he paid for it and it was fine. And then all of a sudden they started coming in and filling up his mailbox, citations, speeding tickets, all sorts of different things. And what he figured out is that, so at one point, number $12,049 of traffic fines were sent his way uh, incorrectly. And so he dug into it and he discovered that uh, theoretically, whenever a police officer or bylaw officer, whatever, doesn't put a license plate, forgets to put a license plate into a ticket, it still goes into the system and the license plate is void. So right there, that's a flaw. I mean, if there's no license plate number, how are you attributing it back to a, to a human being who's going to pay for it? But, but so this happened. Now, the DMV is actually not at fault. That's a debatable statement, but they're not at fault because they have a paperwork clearinghouse that deals with all of these and then chases for the fines. <clears throat> now, we all think of, you know, traffic, et cetera, as being slightly evil. Here's the only point in the story where it gets evil. So he called them up and he talked to them and he, and so he's got paper copies of all these things. He calls them up and he talks to them and, and, uh, he talks about specifically this one in Fresno, and he has never been to Fresno in his entire life. His car has never been to Fresno in its entire life. And they, they have this fine from Fresno. And so he talks to them about that. And, and so they're like, well, send us all the paperwork and we'll figure it out. And so he's dubious about that because he's got a hard copy proving, theoretically, that it's not him, right? He's got his hard copy piece of, of a traffic citation that says he owes money for Fresno. So he doesn't send it. And then he goes in and checks because you can go and check out your account. (laughs) A couple of days later, the details of the ID for that ticket, so he's got a unique identifier, have been changed to, uh, so it was for a Honda and he drives an Infinity, had changed to an Infinity and changed to the town he lives in. Right? So here's the evil part. (laughs) is They were fixing it. By being able to put the blame back on them, I guess because if it really is null and it really is not his license plate, they never get to collect this money, right? They probably don't have a path in their contract to go back to the DMV and say, listen, listen, because they're almost certainly paid a percentage of what they collect, right? And so his path back to fix it is he stopped talking to them because they're obviously evil and went back and, and started talking to the DMV And he has to talk to them for everyone that he gets because they don't have a a global solution. Every ticket that he gets, he gets on the phone with the DMV and they recycle it. And so that's all well and good, I guess. And for the first few years, that worked fine and he had a path around it. But then last year, I don't know about the timing, uh, some recent amount of time, he tried to renew his registration or insurance or whatever. And they said, well, no, you have to pay your tickets. And he still has on, so he's gotten rid of all of the other tickets. He still has two in Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a 
It's like, it's only 130 bucks or whatever. And it doesn't say whether he's just going to pay it. No, no. So it says he can't pay these because that's proof that he accepts the liability and then he owes them all. Right. Wow. So I didn't read this one. That. Oh yeah. It's good. I'll, I'll send you the link. It's, it's a good read. And yeah. And then, and the Christopher uh, Nell comes back into it because he made the comment in this article. Like, so they talked to him about it and, uh, yeah, so it says here when they talked, when he checked last Sunday, his car still tallied over six thousand. When he tried to renew, he wasn't on the hook for the six thousand, but it showed that he had a hundred and forty dollars worth that he had to pay before he could renew for his car. And it's just wow, right? It's it's just wow. This is like Job, right? This is this is how do you get through this? Are you gonna? Gonna end the episode here. Um, yeah, the only thing I'll say is if there is not, if anybody has an opportunity to not choose null and true or false as their names or choose license plates or anything like that, I don't think I would trust any software to get it right. Yeah, yeah, that one was his choice. The other ones are a bit harder, but as uh, as software professionals, I think this is something we should be conscious about. Um, Obviously, this is definitely a bug anytime this happens. So uh, I'm going to end here. Uh, and for our listeners, if you have stories like this, uh, please let us know. Come to our Facebook page. You can also check our website at that'sabug.co. Bye.